speak to all of us with this passage. God, I just thank you for those who uh, pray for our services, who uh, watch far away, and God, who just uh, care a lot about this church. God, I know we have a wonderful church family, and God, it's all because of you. God, we thank you so much for all you do for us, especially your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today, we're going to be talking about muscles. Do you think you have muscles? Yeah, I heard a yeah, okay. Well, I know I don't look like uh, I'm the one to talk about muscles. I have much room to talk in this area. But the fact is that we all have muscles, and we all have a lot of them, and they're important to our bodies. An interesting thing about muscles, too, is that they can grow and increase one's ability to lift certain amounts of weight or withstand uh, loads of pressure or even make silly facial expressions. I'm seeing some smiles, so that's good. Your, your muscles also are in your eyes, so I hope I can keep your eye muscles working today and keep your eyes open. But uh, I've heard it, that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Is that true? So if you see someone with a big frown, they're really trying too hard. <laughs> Smiling takes a lot less work and less strain on your muscles. Our muscles allow us to move different parts of our body, to run, jump, and do all sorts of activities. Although our muscles are known for their strength they can give to us, Sometimes it's the weakness that we see the most in our muscles. As you get older, some muscles don't work quite as well as they used to. Or if you're younger, your muscles haven't yet developed into their full potential yet. Stress and anxiety can also tighten up your muscles. And on the other hand, relaxing and times of rest can loosen your muscles. That's one reason we celebrate Labor Day, in order to take a day to just rest. Rest your muscles. And I hope you're able to do that this weekend. We know that God considers rest important because in creation, he rested on the seventh day. We need to take care of our muscles by exercising them, but also making sure that we allow them to rest regularly as well. And it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, you need to stay active by exercising your muscles in order to stay healthy and strong. Just like our physical muscles need to be exercised, we have spiritual muscles deep down inside of us that we need to tend to as well. In the book of James, chapter 1, it says that we must consider it pure joy when we're faced with all sorts of trials because the testing of our faith produces endurance. Our spiritual muscles get tested when, when things get difficult. It's in the trials that our spiritual muscles are needed the most. But the thing is, we can't depend on our own strength alone. We need to trust in the strength of God deep inside of us and find his, our, his strength in us. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. If you don't have a Bible this morning, there should be a Bible in the pew in front of you. And if you don't have a Bible at home, why don't you just take that Bible home with you? We can replace it. Don't worry about that. So again, I said in Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14. This passage is known as Paul's second prayer to the church in Ephesus. Earlier in, in, in the book of Ephesians, Paul prays for God to enlighten their spiritual eyesight so that they may know the hope 
of God's calling and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people. And because God is omnipotent, eternal, infinite, and his glory is inexhaustible, he cannot be impoverished by sharing his glorious riches with his children. So in the second prayer, Paul wants the deep truths of the gospel, which he's just explained to them in the first two chapters, to sink down deep in their hearts. In his prayer, we'll see Paul's passion for the church's spiritual maturity and ultimately for God's glory in their lives. Paul prays for God's strength in them so that they may be rooted and grounded in love and that they may be able to know the Christ, the, the breadth, the height, the depth, the length of Christ more deeply and be filled with all the fullness of God. So let's read together in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. When asked how to start a revival, a popular British evangelist once said, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel on the ground and draw a circle around yourself with some chalk. And there on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. That's where it must take place, in our hearts, with us. The Apostle Paul, a murderer of Christians, turned missionary for Christ, wrote to the church at Ephesus that he falls on his knees before his Heavenly Father, in the spirit of humility and brokenness, pleading for God to move. But Paul was never going to ask the church to do something that he didn't do first. Paul humbled himself first. That was the key. We must be able to say, God, start here in my life first. And bowing in reverence is not, uh, to God is not so much the physical aspect of getting on our knees as much as the bowing of our hearts, of, of giving him complete control of our lives, complete authority. As he opens up his prayer, Paul asks that God would give them strength from the Holy Spirit in their inner being, according to the riches of God's glory. So your inner being consists of the core of who you are. I believe it's your human, your human will, your heart, your desire to accomplish things in life. It's the unveiled person who God sees most, who he created you to be, even when you cover it up your inner being, your spiritual muscle is who you are when no one is around, and it's the essence of you. It makes me think of these powerful vehicles known as muscle cars. Muscle cars can be found in many different makes and models, but the one thing that they have in common is the inside, what's under the hood, the raw power, muscle. They have the muscle. Doesn't matter a whole lot what they look like on the outside, but it's under the hood. It's the power. It's the ability to go really fast speeds in such a little time. They truly are amazing cars. Kind of like these muscle cars, it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside or what we try and cover up our true selves with. But it's the power on the inside, the power of God in our lives that really defines us. And when we respond in obedience to him. It's God's muscle through the Holy Spirit that strengthens our inner being. And if you're a Christian, his power is already inside of you. You don't have to go searching for it. His power is inside of you. If 
thing you must do is apply it. Apply the strength of God in your life. So moving along, I want you to notice three things about Paul's prayer for spiritual muscle. Three things. We're going to look at, one, the result of this type of strength. Two, the reason for strength. And three, the power for strength. So first is the result of strength, and it's found in verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. The word Paul uses here for Christ dwelling in our hearts is the Greek word kata oikein. Kata oikein, which is used, a word used for permanent. Not temporary, but permanent dwelling. The word literally means to settle down. To settle down and abide in. The spiritual strength that God provides in our faith in him will result in Christ making his home in your heart and in your life. So, of course, as a Christian, Christ lives in our heart, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's in control of the person's life. It doesn't mean we give him complete control. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him, and he with me. But how often do we hear Christ knock on our heart, and we don't answer the door? We don't come to the door. Or how often do we hear Christ knock and we open the door, but we go hide in the bedroom, and Jesus is standing there with his bag and his cap and his coat still on. He's just still a guest in your house. Or are there different parts of your house, of your heart, that Christ isn't allowed in? Maybe it's the kitchen. Maybe it's the living room or the bedroom or the closet. We have to let Christ dwell in our hearts. And that means that Christ has made his home. He doesn't feel like a guest anymore. He's not just a temporary guest that you invite over on Sunday mornings for an hour. The reason Paul is praying for these Gentile Christians is because they already know Christ. But they need the strength. They need the strength from God to grow in him so that they may be rooted and grounded in love. I'm sure many of you can identify with these terms, rooted and grounded. They come from an agricultural mindset where good seeds grow up and become firmly rooted in order to yield a good crop. Paul prays that the result of God's strength in their lives is they are rooted and grounded in Christ. And if you recall, Jesus spoke a lot about agriculture in his parables. Over in John 15, Jesus explains that the purpose of his followers is to bear much fruit. The terms Paul uses describe the healthy crop that reaches down into the soil, is firmly planted, and as a result produces fruit for God's kingdom. When we rely on God's strength in our lives, giving him access to our inner being, then Christ will make our, make our hearts his home, and we will be rooted in his love and bear fruit for his kingdom. The next thing Paul talks about is the reason for strength. So I want to read verse 17 again in 18 and 19. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I just love these verses here. Being rooted and grounded in Christ's love. 
mean, that kind of gives you a visual, huh? Makes you think, makes you think about crops or, or, or trees that have these deep roots, and they, in our backyard, they're just growing up everywhere, and even little shoots come up and grow out of the roots, like they're producing fruit. Here Paul prays that the reason for the spiritual strength is that the Christian may be able to grasp the height, depth, length, and breadth of the love of Christ. It's as if Paul invites us to look at the universe, the vastness of the universe, the limitless sky above, to the limitless horizons on every side, to the depth of the earth and the the sea beneath us, and said, the love of Christ is bigger than that. Isn't that amazing? If you wish to work this out, we may say that in the breadth of its sweep, the love of Christ includes every man of every kind, in every age, in every world. In the length in which it would go, the love of Christ accepted even the cross. That's how far Christ went. He came down and dwelt among us and died on the cross for our sins. There's nothing that would get in the way of his love for us. In its depth, it descended to experience even death. In its height, he still loves us in heaven, where he continues to live and prepare a place for us, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. No man is outside of the love of Christ. No place is out of his reach. The reason for spiritual strength is to truly understand the love of Christ and to be filled with all the fullness of God. The other day at one of our small groups, we started talking about how coming together is like, kind of like working out. It's like building up your muscles, growing in your faith. Because it's hard. I, don't, I know I, n- I never liked going to the gym because it seemed like everybody else was stronger than me there. It's, it's, it's humiliating, kind of. But you're there to work out. You're there to grow your spiritual muscle. And nobody's going to make fun of you going to a gym to work out if, you're tr- if your purpose is to work on your, spiritu- on your muscles. And the same way it should be when we gather together. We're all at different stages in our spiritual journey, and we're all here to glorify God and to grow, and some of us are at different stages. But we're all here to, to grow our spiritual muscle, our spiritual strength that we receive from God. And really it takes us trusting in Him, trusting in, to, that He would fill us with all His fullness according to His riches, that we would allow Christ to dwell in our hearts. The reason I think it's similar is because it takes discipline, it takes devotion, it takes time to love God and love others. It's tough because we have to commit to do it, just like working out, just like running, just like exercising your muscles. It takes all these things. We work out our spiritual muscles through prayer, through reading God's word, through discipleship, through evangelism, telling someone else about Jesus. Man, that'll work your muscles out, your spiritual muscles, I'll tell you. Try going, knocking on some doors, just telling people about Jesus, meet someone in the grocery store and just start your conversation with Jesus. I mean, it, it tests your muscles, see how strong, strong you are. All of these are important to work on, but just like any workout, it's always better with others. In fact, that's the way God intended it to be. In terms of discipleship, 
one-on-one discipleship is best. That's where two people intentionally get together to walk the spiritual journey with each other, to love one another. I have mentioned before that we all need mentors in our lives, spiritual mentors, people we can go to and, and share what's going on. What did you read today in your Bible study? Did you even have a Bible study? And be honest, be accountable to one another. We need to have mentors and people who are invested in us who we can turn to to ask spiritual questions because a lot, we, a lot of us, we have lots of questions about what, what God's Word says, about what being a Christian really is about, what it all involves, and some of these Christian churchy terms. That's why we need these discipleship groups to grow, to be able, when someone asks us what does it mean to be a Christian, we can tell them and not just continue going on acting as if you know. Another method of discipleship is one and some. Now this is like a small group setting, and this is great. One and some, just a group of people getting together, studying the Bible, reading God's word, praying together. The final method is one and many, and this is like the church setting, where we come together, there's many of us, we worship together, And this is good, too. These are all good forms of discipleship. So one on many is good. This is really good. One on some is even better because you are able to open up a little more. But one on one is best when you can connect with someone face to face and talk about these things and be honest with yourself. The reason for God's strength in our lives is so that we may be able to understand the infinite, powerful love of Christ, be filled with the fullness of God, so much so that it overflows our hearts and our lives into the lives of others. Now, the final portion of Paul's prayer is a doxology that reveals the power behind the strength. This is where the real power comes in. Let's read verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or even think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul claims that God is able to do far more abundantly. Far more abundantly. That's just like a double superlative, or I'm not sure how how you say it, but it's It's double, far more, abundantly, than all that we could ask or think. Or even think. That's crazy. It's impossible to ask God for too much. His capacity for giving far exceeds our capacity for thinking. I mean, our our imaginations can go crazy, can't they? But God has so much power that it's far beyond that. That is so awesome. If you really examine your life and where you are today, does it reveal proof of God's power that is greater than all you can ever imagine or think? Does your life reflect God's power? And think about that. I cannot even imagine how wonderful it will be to hold our sweet baby in a few months. From the time we found out we were having a baby, Ashley had had this verse written on our mirror in our bathroom. Ephesians 3.20. Little Raylan Grace is already far more than we could ever ask or imagine. His power is at work 
in us because God created this human being. I know Pastor Mark and Natalie recently experienced this with their son Oliver. And I hear it's the greatest feeling in the world to hold a newborn baby. I can't wait for that feeling. But God's power is so great that it's more than we could ask or even think. Already at such a young age, muscles are formed and in place in a way that God designed them to be. And there's so much potential for those muscles to grow and become strong. Just like these little ones, we're all at some stage in our journey. Many of us are at different stages in our spiritual maturity. Some are newborn Christians who are still learning the basics of making Christ Lord of their lives while others may be feeding themselves on the meat of God's word and exercising their faith through evangelism and discipleship. Whatever stage you may be along on the spiritual journey, God's power is at work in you. And his desire is for you to grow in your understanding of his love and be rooted deeply in him, allowing Christ to dwell in your life, not just be a guest, But in order to exercise your spiritual muscles, you have to humble yourself, just like Paul models for us, by kneeling before the Father, from which every family on heaven and on earth derives its name, trusting in his strength and power in your life. Are you exercising your spiritual muscles? Are you opening up God's word? Are you praying? Are you meeting with others to grow? Don't focus on the muscles you don't have. Focus on the strength of God in your life that you already do have and apply it to your life. As I close, I'm just going to read this prayer of Paul's as our prayer. So we're going to read this together. For this reason, we bow our knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that God, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you're here this morning, and we're going to have a song of invitation in just a moment. If you're here this morning and you're just saying, I need to make First Baptist Church my church home, this is a time to come forward. If, you, if you've accepted Christ into your life and you say, Brother Nathan, I'm, just, I'm not working out my spiritual muscles. I need someone to hold me accountable. I would love to do that for you that, or find someone who would, who would be willing to walk with this journey with you. You know, a little text, a little call every now and then, just checking up on someone. Hey, I've I've been praying for you. I just want you to know I've been lifting you up. 
this is what I read in God's word, and just, just start sharing that stuff with someone, and, and they'll, hopefully, it'll respond, and, and you'll start a discipleship group. But we need to be working out our spiritual muscles. We need to recognize that Christ's power, his love is in our lives, and, and God's power is in our lives. We need to be exercising these muscles daily. So if you will, uh, stand with us as we sing, Just As I Am.